we're going to hear our New Testament reading. And again, this is a situation where people are responding to, to famine in Judea. And here Paul is urging the Christians in Corinth, the Gentile Christians, to support a collection for the suffering people in Judea. Norma's going to read it to us. Second Corinthians chapter 8 verses 1 to 9. And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. In the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability. Entirely on their own, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service of the Lord's people. And they exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves first of all to the Lord, and then by the will of God also to us. So we urge Titus, just as he had earlier made a beginning, to bring also the completion, this act of grace, on your part. But since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in the love we have kindled in you, excel in this grace of giving. I am not commanding you, but I want to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of others. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you, through his poverty, might become rich. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. Lord, we do give thanks for all your gifts and blessings. Give to us grateful and generous hearts, we pray. Amen. I think the readings speak for themselves as Joseph responds to a situation of huge need and as Paul urges the church in Corinth to respond generously to a situation of great need. And Ant and the Christian Aid film have challenged us to do the same in our own situation, in our own time. So I don't want to add a great deal, but I want us just to reflect briefly on three themes. The theme of dreams, of plans, and on grace. Dreams. It's said that during lockdown, a lot of us were having 
more vivid and stranger dreams than ever before. I don't know if you had any strange lockdown dreams. Pharaoh has these dreams, and in many ways, they seem fairly obvious, but then we're familiar with this story. But this dream is recurring. The Pharaoh, with all his power, is learning, or going to learn, that ultimately he does not have total control of nature, of the planet. There are seasons, there are changes, there are good years and bad years. His dream ultimately will bring rescue to a, a nation that is going to experience devastating famine. During lockdown we had a few weeks when maybe we couldn't get flour. I remember looking for bread flour for, for weeks and, and going around different shops. And we were appalled that shelves were empty. Now many nations just don't have shelves with all the variety of food that we have. I know my brother-in-law who works in Africa and has worked for years over there, always has to adjust to our supermarkets. He just couldn't can't quite get his head round the amount of choice. You know, 101 different cereals, clearly essential. Somehow, we have to learn that the world is fragile. Things happen. And sadly, it's the poorest who are most vulnerable when things happen, when there is climate, uh, erratic climate situations, the emergency, the climate emergency at the moment. If there are conflicts or people are thrown into refugee situations, those who have money, who are well off, who are rich, can can cope with these situations. It is the poorest who suffer. It's amazing that Joseph has the courage to confront the Pharaoh with the reality. I love how Joseph says, I can't interpret your dream, but God can. God can show you what, what you must do what you must do. It's interesting, we use the word dreams in another way, as visions, as hopes, hopes and dreams. What is your dream for humanity at this time? What is your dream for the planet at this time? Martin Luther King I have a dream. I have a dream that one day on the red hills of Georgia, the sons of former slaves and the sons of former slave owners will be able to sit down together at the table of brotherhood. I have a dream that one day even the state of Mississippi 
a state sweltering with the heat of injustice, sweltering with the heat of oppression, will be transformed into an oasis of freedom and justice. Paul had a dream. Paul had a vision that the Gentile Christian churches that he was working with would respond to the needs of the Jewish church in Jerusalem and Judea, and that this would be a bringing together of all those disparate Christians in concern and compassion for each other. I think the dreams of our nation have become narrower and narrower. And we as Christians are, are being called to challenge that narrow vision and to bring a new vision, a dream that includes all. But of course dreams are not enough. Dreams are never enough. We have to put things into action. We need a plan. And the wonderful thing about Joseph is he not only interprets the dream, but he provides a plan for Pharaoh. It's pretty bold to start saying how the government of this dictatorship should be run. But there he is. You need someone wise and discerning to make sure that food in the, in the good years is stored up for the bad ones. We need a plan. A plan that the food that we have in abundance can be shared with those who are really struggling in our community. Wickham won the hotspots of food insecurity in our nation. We need a plan to make sure those who are being affected overseas by climate, climate emergency. We, we produce most of the problem. The West and the, the new uh, industrial nations create most of the problem. Some of the African agricultural nations are suffering the most. We need a plan. And we don't just need a plan we need people to put the plan into operation. And that brings me to that final theme and word, grace. Paul says the grace of God has enabled the Macedonian church, a church that had very few resources, to respond amazingly generously. And should go not just the extra mile, but the extra few miles to reach out to the Judean Christians and the Judean people. And he's challenging the Corinthian church that feels so prosperous, seems to have it all, to be equally generous. The grace, the grace of God working to make us generous too. The great Pharaoh recognizes in Joseph, the one who's been dragged from the dungeon. Fortunately, he's been given nice clothes and a shave, but 
this Jewish Hebrew slave, the Pharaoh recognizes the Spirit of God working in him. The brutality of the empire is forgotten for the greater good of the people. Grace is costly. For Paul, it meant taking that collection to Jerusalem, and there he was arrested and eventually taken to Rome and eventually put to death. Grace cost him his, his life. Delivering that collection cost him his life. The Corinthian Christians, did they respond or did they hold back, looking after their own? Grace. We need the grace of God. We need a new dream. We need a plan. And we need that generosity of spirit that comes from God himself. May our giving, however small or however large, be part of that grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, who, though he was rich, became poor, that we might become rich in love.